Hello and welcome to the Community Bible Reading Podcast from Imago Day Church. Today is June 5th, uh, 2018, and uh, I'm recording this early. My name is Daniel Jansen, by the way, uh, pastor at Imago Day. Um, I'm, I'm with my wife right now, and we are celebrating uh, our 10-year uh, anniversary. We are on a little trip, and so this is pre-recorded, and uh, I'm hoping this posts properly, but um, this is our reading for, the, for this day, and I wanted to uh, uh, give some reflections and thoughts on it to help us process. Um, our reading today in the New Testament is Philippians 3. It's one of my favorite passages in Scripture, and um, I'm going to be looking at, at verses uh, 1 through 11. It says, uh, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Those are really strong words, right? Look out, look out, look out. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh, right? It's really kind of intense language. And what what is it, this warning that Paul is giving that you need to look out for? Well, it's there in, at the end of verse 2, the dogs, the evildoers, the, the one who mutilate the flesh. That's what you call a euphemism, a polite way, although mutilate is pretty strong, but it's a polite way or, or, or an um, artistic way uh, of talking about circumcision, um, which was this sign that God had given uh, Genesis, oh gosh, is it not 15? I think it's 19. Now I have to turn there. Um, no, not fit, 19, 17, uh, Genesis 17, and uh, that was a, a sign that God had given to Abraham, um, the covenant that he had made with him, the promise that he had given to Abraham, it's kind of sealed with that circumcision. So when males were circumcised, um, it, it was a sign that, that the promises of God belonged to you, and what the, the New Testament teaches with the, with the advent of Jesus Christ, um, his coming is that um, Jesus himself um, is the fulfillment of God's promises. And, uh, and, and the sign is the Holy Spirit. Um, it, so, so circumcision is no longer um, this sign that you belong, or it's not necessary um, to participate in the covenant of God. It's faith. Um, it's, sh- it's shown with the Holy Spirit um, uh, entering into your life. And so there was still some teaching that happened that said you needed to be circumcised, which was interesting news if you were not Jewish and had not yet been circumcised, right? And you come to faith in Christ and someone comes along and says, hey, by the way, um, there's something else you need to do um, 38-year-old man, uh, if you want to participate in the promises of God. So he says, look out for the dogs, the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh, for we are the circumcision. What, who are the, what's the true circumcision? Who worship by the Spirit of God. That's what I said, the Spirit is, is in you. And who glory, who delight in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in, in the flesh. How much confidence do you put in your strength and in what you've done and, and your accomplishments? No confidence. It's not based in your works. It's based in the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
And Paul goes on to say, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. He, he pretty much saying, look, we're not putting any confidence in the flesh, but if you want to play that game, if you think there is value in, in sort of flexing your religious um, muscles in showing off that you've done something to earn God's favor in a place before him, um, I, I can flex more than you. I, I got more to show my resume of why I am righteous is longer than yours. And then he goes on to more or less show off his resume. Verse uh, five, he says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, I was blameless, right? So he goes on and says, look, you can, you can kind of walk through my life and see, I, I believed this, I walked in this, I was strong in it, like, I, my life was, was, was proven. Verse 7, but whatever gain I had, he's even kind of, for the sake of the argument, he's, he's allowing that there could be some gain, there could be some profit in you know, like your own righteousness, as if it could actually get you somewhere. It's sort of like this, this way of arguing where he's like, okay, cool, let's grant your argument. Let's allow it for a second. Whatever gain I had, right, even if it amounted to anything, I count it as loss. It's as, it's as if it was nothing. If I compare it, right, I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. I want, I want Christ, not that other thing. I, I want Jesus rather than what I've earned. I'll take Jesus over my righteousness. Indeed, verse 8, I count everything, everything. So not just that resume, just everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. This is, for Paul, incredibly intimate language. He, he's making this point really powerfully and profoundly. Um, whenever Paul talks about Jesus, whenever he's, he's writing, he rarely ever uses the, like the singular. It's almost always plural. It's, almost, it's always like we, us, our. And whenever you see things, it's almost always, whenever he talks about Jesus being Lord, it's our Lord. It's, it's this plural thing, but he's making this really intimate, personal point. Um, there's only one other time where he uses this. I think it's Galatians 2.20, where he says, like, my Lord. And he said, look, knowing Jesus, for me, my, my personal relationship with Jesus is worth more. It surpasses every value that anything else can give to me. That's what verse 8 is saying. Whatever I can gain elsewhere in the world through reputation, through righteousness, through earning, through, we can, we can add to that, through money, through experience, through, right, whatever, it's it, like, then I compare it to just my personal relationship with Jesus and my personal relationship with Jesus is surpassing, far surpassing anything in this world. Nothing compares to the simple joy of knowing Jesus. For his sake, for the sake of Jesus, I have suffered the loss of all things. Yeah, there's, there's been loss. I've given up these other pursuits. I've given up. I'm not counting them. I've suffered the loss of them. But I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. He is worth it. He is worth it. 
Um, and, if, and if you notice verse 8 and 9, it's this progression. He says, I count everything as loss. Uh, I'm sorry, verse 8, he says it three times. Um, I count everything as loss. Then again, I count it as uh, loss. I suffered the loss. And then thirdly, he changes the word. I count them as rubbish. And this is kind of a, a fun thing. That word rubbish is, is a new word. It's this idea, uh, the word is scubula. Uh, and it's a really in, intense word. And rubbish, which we don't really use that too much in our modern English. I mean, it's kind of like pish posh, you know, rubbish, right? Um, and, and that's like an accurate translation. I mean, we can, rubbish is sort of, I guess, like trash. And, and that's, that's true, but it's a little bit more um, vulgar than just mere trash. It's, it's m- more vulgar than just mere loss. It's um, like wet street garbage. I mean, it's kind of like, not just trash, but like trash that has been like open and exposed and it's just like sitting there for a while. Like a, a wet, dirty diaper. Like that kind of thing. And, and there's uh, one record um, in like uh, some Greek... Uh, like not in the Bible, but in like some other literature from the time period where this word was used to describe like a bloated, like half-eaten like carcass that floated up onto the shore. You know what I mean? Like that's just like a disgusting image. And some have even like um, argued and, and that it, it's within the semantic range for um, uh, a certain curse word uh, that we'll often use that, you know, I, you'll listen to this while your kids are driving, so I'll save you uh, from that. But it's, it's, it's this kind of, the main idea is here, it's this really visceral, uh, strong word. And he's saying, like, it's not, the, fir- the first two times he's saying, I'm counting it as loss. And it's more like this accounting type thing. It's very kind of rational. It's in your head of like, okay, when you compare Jesus to, you know, other things in this world, and you're like, oh, yeah, Jesus is more. And, and, and he, he's doing kind of the math. But then this third time as he's saying, it, it's more of, it, it, it's not the head. It's now the heart. It's now the gut. It's this visceral thing. He says, it's not just that I'm doing an accounting exercise, and I'm doing math, it's that when I, when I think of something comparing to Jesus and what I have in him, it makes me want to throw up in my mouth. It's that, it's that ugly taste that comes out that makes me smell like wet street garbage. I hate and detest. It makes me sick. Anything that would, would, would try and present itself as valuable apart from, from Jesus. Knowing Jesus is the greatest treasure in this world. And if there's something that would get in the way of that, that is something that is, would add to that. If there's something that would say, okay, Jesus is okay, but you need this. I, I want to throw up all over that. I want Jesus. I want what he has for me. I don't want to be distracted from anything. I want to be found, verse 9, I want to be found in him. I want not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, Right? I don't want a righteousness that I can get that is given through that, but, but I want a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith because I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. Even to, I may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Like, even if it means suffering, even if it means loss, even if it means not having reputation, if, even if it means some are doubting, even if it means, like, like, I just want to know Jesus. I want to know his power. 
I want that evidenced in my life. I want the righteousness that he gives. That's my hope. And church, that's my hope for you. That's my hope for myself, that we would treasure Jesus, that you would treasure Jesus in this way. That when you're tempted to love or add to Jesus, that you would throw up in your mouth. And that you would look at things that would try and say, you, you, Jesus is good, but you need to, to add this religious aspect. You need to make sure that you do this sort of thing. Or, or even in our world, right, you need to have this sort of degree or this sort of relationship or this. No, simply knowing Jesus is the greatest treasure in this world. And if he's all you have, he's all you ever need. And if anything tries to add to the work of Jesus, it's actually subtracting from the work of Jesus. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. That's, what, that's, that's the equation that's there. So let's pray. Adoration. Jesus, he is far surpassing of any worth that anything this world has to offer, right? He is worthy of delight. He brings life. His resurrection is worthy, right? I mean, this is, this is Jesus, and in place of confession, I think you're tempted to add to Jesus at all times. And so confessing some of the ways, it says we put no confidence in the flesh. What are the places that you do put confidence in the flesh, in your own strength, in this life, in these works, in, this, you know, in these places? What religious aspects are you tempted to add to Jesus? Thank you, right? Thanksgiving. Man, thank God for sending Jesus. That, that even um, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. That, that, we, that the empty exercise of trying to gain meaning and value and standing and righteousness of our own strength, that, that leads to depression and despair. And am I good enough? If have I done enough? Am I, like, is, this, is it worth it? That the, the turmoil that you can wrestle with in your mind, thanks be to God that he has sent Jesus, that God has loved us and sent his son, that we might know him. Thank you, God, that you desire to know us. That you desire to know us. Wow, that's so beautiful and powerful. And so supplication. God, I pray, right, to look out, look out, look out. Like, help us, God, to look out for evildoers, those who would mutilate the flesh. Not that, that you know, people are necessarily advocating for Christian circumcision right now, but, but they're, help us to discern what it is for our day and our age that would seek to add to the work of Jesus and help us to detest that. Maybe it's a certain political ideology. Maybe it's a certain um, practice, a certain style, a certain, like, like um, yeah, I mean, it could be anything. God. Help us to, to discern and say, what does it mean to have faith in Jesus and to hold that tightly? All right, that's it for this week or this day, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later.